May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. There was this uh, fashion trend a few years back, maybe, I don't know how many years back, a few, um, where people used to wear these bracelets, and they had um, four letters on them. Perhaps you remember, WWJD, what would Jesus do? It was followed after that with um, a yellow rubber uh, band that became really fashionable. I think people tossed away the WWJDs and started wearing the Livestrong um, uh, armbands that you bought for like a dollar or two, and the money went to uh, cancer research. And then everybody kind of got on the band of that. Well, well, we'll raise money for all sorts of things with these little rubber wristbands that people would buy. And eventually Stephen Colbert had the Wriststrong one, the red one that kind of made fun of all the whole wristband movement, and then the whole thing died out and went away. But back to the WWJD one, the, 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 the kind of one that really began the trend of, of fashionable bracelets that drew, drew attention to something. What would Jesus do? Would Jesus stiff a server on a tip? No, no, Jesus would not do that. Would Jesus rush ahead of an elderly woman in the bank instead of standing behind her in line? No, he would not do that. No matter how unimaginably slow she might have been, he would, like a gentleman, hold the door and wait, right? Would Jesus take a handicapped parking place just because he happened to be driving his grandmother's car and it had a handicapped sticker on it? No, he would not do that. The WWJD bracelet was sort of like a, um, it was like a bumper sticker for your body, right? It was, it was, I'm a follower of Jesus, hold me accountable. Let me be accountable for my behavior. And perhaps that's why they fell out of fashion. <laughs> People didn't want to do that any longer. But I think the funny thing about the WWJD bracelet, at least the way that I, I kind of read it in society, is the way that it seemed to um, insinuate the negative more than the positive. What would Jesus not do? <laughs> uh, what Jesus wouldn't do? WJWD. Maybe that's the way it should have been for a bit. I mean, of course he wouldn't stir, sir, uh, stiff a server on a tip, or he wouldn't be inconsiderate to people in the bank. He wouldn't take a parking place that didn't belong to him. Of course he wouldn't do that sort of thing. What would he do? And maybe you've been around the church or you've uh, read the gospel enough to know what he would do. He would feed hungry people. He would heal sick people. He would be friends to the friendless. He would welcome the stranger. He would reject the sanctimonious people. He would willingly uh, sacrifice his own reputation for the sake of others. That's the sort of stuff that Jesus would do. He would tell people to trust God with their whole lives, not to worry about trivial things like travel arrangements or where you might live or clothing or what you might eat. He would say things like, consider the birds of the air, the lilies of the field. Don't worry about these minor things. God will take care of those. He knows that you need these things. Jesus would be gentle with hurting people. He would get angry when people poured salt in an open wound. He would get angry when people tried to manipulate religion or exploit it for their own uh, profit. He would tell people that there's reasons why we should be considerate of one another. Consider a guy who had a hundred sheep or a woman who had ten coins and they lost one, or a father who had two sons, and one of them ran away and lived a crazy life. And when he came back, how the father was so glad to see the son return. 
Jesus would tell us to look at the world differently. He would tell us to look at the world in a different way. But because we so love the negative, because we are so drawn to that as humans, we love to point out the negatives, let's just, for a little thought experiment, imagine what Jesus wouldn't do. What would he not do? And Luke's Gospel actually addresses that this morning. Jesus is about to begin, in Luke's Gospel, his public work, what we call in the church his public ministry. He's about to go on this tour of preaching and teaching and healing and, and working miracles. And just before he does this, he goes on what must be the worst retreat ever. I mean, he goes on one where he skimps on the meal plan and doesn't eat for a month, 40 days, Luke says. He goes without food. The ancients believed that fasting did for the soul what exercise does for the body. It strengthens us. It makes us spiritually stronger. And so Jesus, in this big soul stretch, just before he goes into his public work, and after 40 days, Luke says, it is not God who shows up on the scene, but Hadiablos, the devil. If you were to, um, to look at this in, Matt, in uh, Mark's gospel, it's Hasatanas, the Satan. The Satan shows up. The devil shows up. And while I know it's not very fashionable to believe in personified evil, the gospel writers don't quibble about it. They all give the, the masculine singular pronoun, the devil, the Satan, shows up. And he is the one that, um, that begins conversing with Jesus. And the first thing that Jesus wouldn't do is he wouldn't live for himself. He's hungry. Make these stones become bread. He refuses to do that. And you know what? The Bible is replete with food miracles. Have you ever thought about how many food miracles there are in the Bible? I mean, they go all over the place. Forty days in the wilderness. What do the people not have? Food. What does God provide? Manna from heaven. Quail from heaven. Elijah, and the, the prophet, uh, in, in a time of famine, God tells him, go to this widow. She has just a little bit of food left, just enough flour, she says, to make herself and her son a cake, and then they're going to die of starvation. And Elijah says, no, make a meal for me first, and God will provide for you. So she does. She takes a step of faith, and she makes a meal for him, and goes back, and voila, there it is. There's still flour in the, in the jar. There's still oil. She makes for her son and, and herself. And the next day the same, and the next day the same, until the famine ends. God provides miraculously. Jesus feeds 5,000 people with just a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread. The Bible is full of food miracles, which, by the way, if you're kind of lumpy like me, you really like. You know, there's always going to be food that God provides. And in this text, Jesus is famished. He hasn't eaten for 40 days. And he's hungry. And the devil says, look, God has a long history of making food out of nothing. Turn this limestone into pumpernickel. It'll be good. You'll enjoy it. Be fed. And Jesus will not do it. Why? Because God knows he's hungry. And he has committed his way to God. God will provide. And if he wants to tell us that God will provide for us, he too will live by that. That God will provide food. Man shall not live by bread alone. In Matthew's gospel, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The second thing he won't do is he won't live for power. 
He won't be obsessive about power. He will not allow himself to crave the adoration of people, even though he rightfully deserves it. It's the same temptation, at, at essence, that, that Adam and Eve uh, face in the garden in Genesis 3. Here's what, what, the, what the devil says to Jesus, to you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If then, Jesus, you will worship me, it will be all yours. The serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of this fruit, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. The temptation to power is, is actually it's more invasive than the temptation for wealth. Humans crave power. The temptation to, to, to control our destiny and to control our circumstances and surroundings. Listen to what Paul says about Jesus, though. Have this mind in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as something to be grasped. But he made himself like nothing. Taking the form of a servant, being in the born in the likeness of men, and being in human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus will not give in to a power grab. He knows that the righteous will live by faith. Third thing he won't do is he won't test God. Um, throw yourself down. It, it, Psalm 91 even quoted, right? He'll, he'll hold you up. The, beautifully done, by the way, choir, enchanting Psalm 91. To, let us hear, especially the antiphon twice, this reminder that the angels will, will catch us lest we dash our foot against a stone. Put God to the test. Let's see what will happen. I was watching um, this television show oh, s several years back. It was like one of those um, news stories on Dateline or something like that. And uh, in this particular episode, there were these women who were trying to see how their husbands would react to um, an encounter with a beautiful woman who was trying to seduce him. And so the producers somehow lured these married men away from their wives to this um, like hotel uh, bar restaurant. And while they were there for whatever it was they were doing, um, there would be this beautiful woman who would come up to them and, and begin to talk. And there were hidden cameras around. And, and the thing was to see how he would react to this event. And at first, I'm like, I felt really bad for these guys, you know? Like, they're putting in this, in this predicament where, you know, they're, they're susceptible to flattery and, and you know, very uh, lovely person. And, and, but then I thought, you're married. <laughs> you shouldn't give in. You should, it, this should be an easy test to pass. It should be an easy one to get by. There's also the other side, you know, that these wives would willingly, you know, put their husbands in that place, you know, that says something about what they thought about their spouses. It's the basic premise that the devil provides for Jesus, right? That Jesus, he took him to Jerusalem, placed him on the pinnacle and says, throw yourself down, God will take care of you. Why don't you see it? Why don't you see if God will come through for you? I mean, he made this promise. Let's see if he'll do it. Let's see if he'll come through. I remember when I was like um, 16, we never wore seatbelts. So I know it was, it was a kind of a crazy world. 
People smoked cigarettes. They didn't wear seatbelts. It was just a wild and, and you know, uh, fast living. And, um, and anyway, uh, I, was, I was in my buddy's car one time, and I'm like, I'm going to put on a seatbelt. You know, I'm like, why? Why are you putting on a seatbelt? I don't know. I just want to put it on because you drive like a crazy man. And so I put on this seatbelt, and we're driving around, and I, I you know, I never really wore a seatbelt. And, and I would, like, pull on it, and it, it just, there was no tension, you know? I thought it would be like when you get into a roller coaster, you know, you're, you're strapped in, you're not going to move. And, and so I say to my buddy, I'm saying, I think your seatbelts are broke. And he says, no, Joe, they, they work on an inertia uh, concept. You know, it's only when you're slamming on the brakes that they tighten up. I said, are you sure? And he hit the brakes. We were going like 40 miles an hour, and he came to a complete stop within seconds. It worked. <laughs> the seatbelt latched. Put it to the test. Put God to the test. Slam on the brakes and see what He does. Will He come through for you? Will He be there to grab you and catch you? And Jesus refuses. This is not something He will do. The temptations He faced, Jesus, the temptations that the man and woman faced in Genesis 3, are the same temptations that we all face. All the time. Put yourself first. Look out for number one. Take care of yourself. Be me-centered. You know what? I'm not talking about self-esteem and self-care and human dignity. Yes, you should, you should value those about yourself. You are created in the image of God. I'm created in the image of God. We all are. We all should um, recognize that human dignity. But that's a lot different than being selfish. About believing that every luxury created belongs to us. Watch out for the advertiser who tells you you deserve this. They are selling you a lie. It is not true. Jesus refused to live selfishly, and so should we. The second one is that time is running out. You better grab that power when you have a chance. I mean, it's fleeting. It's going quickly. You better reach out and grab it. We need power. Abraham Lincoln said this, Nearly every person can stand adversity. But if you want to test a person's real character, give them power. Give them power and see what comes out. Again and again, Jesus told his disciples, do not seek to be first, seek to be last. Seek to be last of all and servant to all. That is the anti-power message, isn't it? Go the other way. Jesus would not grasp for power and neither should we. Third in a world of science... Give me proof. Give me evidence. The difficult thing about God is he cannot be quantified, <laughs> measured, looked at, held, touched. And maybe he's not even there. Maybe you're wasting your time this morning. Maybe you'd have been better spent getting a bagel, you know, lox and cream cheese. Oh, it sounds so good, doesn't it? Maybe you would be better off spending your money somewhere else. Maybe you would be better off just, you know, not doing any of this at all. Because, you know, what did Mark say? Um, that religion is the opium of the people. He actually says this also. The abolition of religion as the illusory happiness of the people is the demand for their real happiness. But let me ask you, have you ever seen a happy Marxist? Because I haven't. I'm not so sure that, that you know, they, that he stumbled upon the answer. The righteous will live by faith. They will trust in God. 
The righteous will live by faith, and they will not put God to the test, and neither should we. Every year, the Lenten journey begins. Every year, this is the first message, the first Sunday in Lent. Watch out, temptation is coming. And walking with Jesus is saying no to selfishness, and no to the quest for power, and no to doubt. It's saying yes to others, yes to humility, and yes to faith. I have this little book called um, What Would Machiavelli Do? Machiavelli is an interesting character in, in the 15th century. I think it's 15th century. Um, he, uh, he gets thrown in prison um, because he falls out of favor with uh, the prince. And so in order to get the prince's favor back while he's in prison, he writes this book. And he tells the prince how to, um, how to be powerful and how to, um, to rule effectively. And I have this little book called What Would Machiavelli Do? It's sort of a twist on the What Would Jesus Do? And um, it takes the Machiavellian principles of, of quest for power and selfishness and, and greed and, um, to, to new levels. And here are some of the chapter titles. What would Machiavelli do? He would exploit himself only slightly less than he exploits others. <laughs> what would Machiavelli do? He would be in love with his own destiny. What would Machiavelli do? He would move forward like a great shark eating as he goes. In short, Machiavelli would do exactly as the devil suggests. He would grasp for selfishness. He would grasp for power. He would say no to faith. And if you read the book, the author would say, if you want to get what Machiavelli promises, you better follow the devil because he gives you the right answer. This is the way to be a winner. If the matrix of winning is about how much stuff we accumulate and how much power we have, well, this is the way to do it. But if you want to live, if you want to have life, if you want to have real joy, real peace, real happiness, real contentment. Don't do this. Do what Jesus would do. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.